Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What is up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Today's episode and today's guest was in high demand. I'd had a lot of people ask me to get this guest on the show again, um, and that guest is Christian Woodford. He was on episode six of the podcast, so you know, almost three years ago. And you can go back and have a listen to that episode if you like. Uh, but we cover a lot today, and as always with Christian, it is a very passionate episode, which is why I love and which is why I wanted to get him on. But for those that haven't actually come across Christian's content before, I'm going to prepare you now. There is a lot of swearing now. If you think I swear a lot, he makes me look like absolute child's play. But the content is amazing, and it's because he's so passionate. And I want you guys to stick around and, ha- and listen to the whole episode because it's a, it's an awesome one, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, uh, without further ado, let's get stuck straight in to the episode with Christian. And uh, we got upstairs, and I just hit record, and we went from there. So you guys can have a listen and uh, let us know what you think. If you enjoyed the episode, take a screenshot, post on your Instagram story, tag myself, and tag Christian. Can't wait to hear your feedback. Say the director of Woodford Sports Science Consulting, or God. Yeah, that will do. All right, that'll kick start the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just call me God. Everyone will be like, what a wanker. What a dickhead. Well, you don't know me, so shut up. Just call me God. I reckon that's a perfect way to start the episode. What's up, legends? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. And as you've just heard, we're joined today by Christian Woodford. So Christian, I was talking to you before and I was a little bit disappointed about the fact that you couldn't even fucking remember it, but... Yeah. <laughs> you I don't fucking remember it, man. Fuck. Three years ago, man. I can't remember what I did we, uh, we have done an episode before, guys. Episode six, right at the start. Um, and that was a cracker and I, I reckon today is going to be even better. So, firstly, mate, thanks for coming on the podcast because I know you don't do this too often. No, I don't, don't do it at all. Not really. I, pre- I appreciate you... Um, uh, uh, contact me again you know for everyone out there I used to train Danny he's a great guy and um, it was good to hear him again he wanted to get in um, contact with me and uh, anything I can do to help um, develop the industry and talk and look if you, if you want to hear my ramblings you know anyone who wants to hear this you know hopefully you can get something out of this I do swear a lot so like Joe said at the start of his podcast you know there is a disclaimer I do swear a lot if you don't like it I don't give a fuck so there you go get the fuck over it it's a fucking swear word for fuck's sake and if my mum's listening mum stop fucking listening to my shit Fuck! I've taught her a thousand times. I'm not going to not be me. Anyway, go. Sorry, Danny. We saw this coming. All right. No, I just want to let everyone know. Like, no, dude, no, you yeah. fucking don't like swearing. Like, my kids going to swear, but I don't give a fuck, man. Anyway, <laughs> Christian Junior, I'm going to call my son. I hope only a boy in this day. I only want a boy. If I get a girl, God's going to smite me for everything I've done wrong in life. No, it's true though, isn't it? Dad says all the time, Dad goes, you're going to have two twin girls. Nope. No fucking way am I going to have girls. Boy. One boy, take my legacy, done. Finished. Snap, swish. Hit me, Danny. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'll, I'll start off. You mentioned uh, Joe DeFranco before. So yep. you just got back from the States and had a, an experience over there with Joe. And yep. for those of you that haven't listened to the episode Christian did with Joe, yep. I'll have the link to that in the show notes. But yep. how was that experience and what did you take out of it? Uh, yeah, listen, uh, I'll be honest with you, Joe DeFranco is my complete idol. He's a, he's just, uh, <clears throat> he's an OG of the industry. In, he was the man, actually, who started the... Um, uh, private performance centers in America. Yeah. So that's what I want to do in Australia. So when kind of, I had no light at the end of the tunnel in Australia, and that's not to say that um, there was no one doing good work. There was, you know, anything. There was no one real heavily marketing it. So 
kind of when I came back from America, what I kind of found was <clears throat> there was people putting up like uh, massive one RM squats or deadlifts. But you you were a pretty good football player back in the day. You don't play football anymore, do you? No. <laughs> but you played football back in the day. But there was no real anyone you could go to in Australia that was like doing. Um, like a, on Facebook, like some sort of video yeah. footage of someone like maybe box squatting or doing single leg work and then giving a scientific justification behind it. Yeah. And I kind of saw Joe doing it and I'm like, well, I wanted to be the, the guy to do it in Australia. And then kind of um, Joe and I, uh, three years ago or two years ago, I reached out to his wife because I couldn't find him on Facebook. So I reached out to his wife. And if you want to know more, as he said in the show notes, but I'm um, listening to the podcast and um, he got back to me and that's kind of started off our relationship. I went over and did his CPPS course in Texas um, it was fantastic to do it there. Once again, networked with him there. <clears throat> and then um, uh, we end up doing um, uh, Alex Sandellas, who's my media guy and performance coach here at Woodford. He actually did, he said to me, Woody, what show should I go actually do his CPPS online or should I go in face-to-face? I said, Alex, if you do it fa- uh, online, you're, you're doing a disservice to yourself. You've just got to go there and meet him. He's just a, he's a, he's a big, he's a good, he's just a fantastic person to meet. And Alex, to, true to his word, took my advice. Good on you, Alex. Went over there, I, I didn't know he was going to do this, and Alex actually went up to him and said, would you let him have wood on your show? And without hesitation, he said, yeah, 100%, look, if he, um, if he's one that, when he's on holidays next, um, I'll have him on my show when he's coming through. Me being me, I don't let that fucking, like for me, I take instance. For me, if you want to be successful in life, you don't fucking wait, you just go after it. If I find a crack in the door, I'm going to go. I don't hold back, I'm just going to go 100%. So I said to Alex, fuck it, I'll mortgage my fucking house, I'll pimp myself on St Kilda if I have to, just to fucking get there. I caught my old man, I said to him, listen mate, we've got one shot at this, one shot only. I'm going to, I'll do my end of it with Alex, we're going to rust off the the, the love to get him to look at us. Yep. And, um, uh... You just got to back me up and say, let me go because fuck, he's our financial guy. I said, man, you got to let me go because this is once in a lifetime opportunity. Fed, loved my old man because he knows, you know, when I say this, he, he rolls the dice for me as well. So we end up doing this thing on social media, getting him to tag and we know the fuck out of him. I think, I don't know how many, how many people commented on it, but yeah. we got enough to get his response. And he said, God, he's annoying. <laughs> and um, I said to him, listen, uh, you tell me a date and I'll be there. He told me a date. I said, done, let's go. We went. See you there. And um, yeah, brilliant. And the, one of the best things I've ever done in my career. Um, a fantastic. Like, look, uh, what he what he has done right now for, for, not only, for not only for my brand, Woodford, for the industry is huge because right now, if I look at my woodfordshop.com, we've had sales from all over. Like, it was always happening and it just picked it up even more. So it's been fantastic to see people buying Big six ebooks, our athlete development ebooks, our DVDs, everything that I've ever wanted to become, it's becoming now. It's taken a long, well, six years, even though it's short six years, but also the, the work I did when I was 19, when I was a PT, starting off at Adam and Eve and cleaning equipment to get a job. That was, people want to say, we talked about you and doing this podcast for three years, I couldn't even remember. That's a credit to you because you were consistent enough. And that's for everyone out there. If you want to be successful, there's two things you can get out of that rant there. Number one, if you want to be successful, you have to be consistent with your message. You can't fucking expect success of fucking one month of work. And there might be times there, you might knock on the door one time, one night open, two times, three times, four times, five times. It might take 50, 60, 100, 200 times. But that 201st time, someone might open the door, bang, you're successful. Consistency, number one message. The second thing, successful people take action straight away. They don't fucking wait for it. You think I waited for fucking Joe to go, oh, don't worry, Joe, I'm going to fucking go. I'll wait two and a half years till I'm fucking over in Germany again. Nah, fuck that. I said, tomorrow. I caught my old man saying, man, we're going to go. Alex, let's do our thing. We did it. We went over there. Bang. That's what makes me successful. So if anyone out there, if you want it, that's the two, two biggest pieces of success. Do, do not wait for it. Go get it. 
don't wait for someone else to do it as well. Don't wait like, like Danny, you could have said to yourself after a year and a half of not getting enough downloads on this show, oh, it's probably not working. You didn't give up. Mm. You kept going. Credit to you. That's why this show's doing well. So well done. That's why. Also, I came on as well because I thought, obviously I like you and that probably helps a lot as well. But more the fact that I didn't know, I thought this was new. The fact where you just told me just then just shows to me this is successful based on just that. Don't even worry. And your passion that you care about it, but just your consistency. And that's, people don't want to hear that. People want to hear something. You know what magic ball. Everyone wants a quick fix. Yeah, well, that, yeah, it doesn't happen like that. So, it doesn't, and so that's why this show is successful. Based off that, you give good information, you get good guests, and you just, want, you, you just care about getting good information out there. And that's the most important thing. Appreciate that, bros. That's all right. So you mentioned, you mentioned before how the reason you started this whole thing is because of that, yeah. the DeFranco and every, even other guys over in the States, how they were doing it. Yeah. Even now, what's the biggest difference you see between the athletic programs over there compared to how they run here? Yeah. Um, Outside I, of what you're doing here. I, I just think there's a lot more understanding of the, of the appreciation of the role of performance coaches. Over here, um, there's no respect for it, really. Um, and that's nothing against anyone. It probably is. Um, but um, I say it how it is. I just think we're not respected whatsoever. And that, hey, you know what? That is shown with how much really clubs really pay us in terms of remuneration. It's disgusting. It's despicable. We are educated. We have a job like anyone else. You know that. Um, and we are just important as an athlete yourself, a basketball athlete, a football athlete. Um, you've seen it time and time again. You have overuse injuries. You have injuries we can prevent, non-contact soft tissue injuries that can be preventable. You've got ACLs that are on the rise, surgeries that where athletes are landing, they can't absorb their force. That can be prevented. But yet still, we have this reactive approach with a physio in every club in Australia, which is fucking great. That's fine. I have no issues against physios. Physios are needed. But once again, it's a proactive approach. What I mean by proactive, we wait for the injury to happen. Right, no, reactive. Fuck, I fucked the whole thing up. It's a reactive. Fuck that. It's a reactive approach, not a proactive approach. Reactive is we wait for the injury to happen. We want to be proactive. Okay, we want to prevent the injury first. Okay, so it's just annoying as shit. Like... It's just more of a respect thing that they understand it a lot better over there. I'm not saying there's not people doing it over here. Mm. There is. That's just stupid. Don't take my words out of my mouth. That, that's, that's, not, that's not true. What I am saying is the people who, the clubs who want to put down the money, they don't appreciate enough. They don't understand it. If you don't understand something, you're not going to appreciate it. If you don't appreciate it, you're never going to get remunerated for it. The issue here as well is, issue. Too many young kids taking positions at AFL clubs and they're not getting paid and they're just willing because people will take anything, you know that. Yeah. They'll all work with that. Well, we're not just AFL, they work with um, professional sport. I'm willing to do it for fucking free, but it fucks up to everyone else because the clubs don't give a fuck. They know that um, if this guy doesn't take it for, let's say, 40 grand, the next dickhead, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the issue. And yeah. Over there, it doesn't happen like that. Look, there's more people per capita, there's more jobs, I understand that, but still, there's more of an appreciation for it. You'll see it, you see it in every program. And, that what helps them is their mainstream sports are, 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 um, are more, more of that strength power speed emphasis compared yeah. to football. Yeah, yeah. People still think football's an endurance sport, which it is. It's a it's got a heavily aerobic component, but you still need to develop strength, power, speed, agility, um, uh, repeat effort. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot more different over there. And I, I mm. think that it is getting better here, no doubt, but still far behind. We've got a lot of work to do and it will get better, but mm. that's, an, once again, it's an education thing. Even down to little things, like I saw you put up a post last night about how there's still clubs doing the the old two-lap warm-up, so, static so stretching, yeah. and then I mean, back into their sport life. Fucking cross, man. We're 2019, <laughs> we've still got dickheads doing that. And the thing, the other worst part about it is, though, the clubs don't even... It's an, even though, like, someone could say this to the club, right, and the clubs still wouldn't listen. Like, it's just fucked. Because mm. run by fuck with too, too old, being, oh, I was a club legend. Good on you, mate. 
fucking great. I just walk. See, my thing is these days, if I if I hear shit like that, I just walk. I'm not even gonna bother with it. I don't even care because the club close, legend always wins. Yeah. Well, it's the club legend always gonna win. No, he's a club legend. Oh, he's a club legend. Well, great, mate. The club legend, 1988, still doing the same shit. Well done, great. You're really developing your players. Congratulations, your biggest asset. You're developing. Well done. It's the country teams, right? Paying their players two grand a game. Don't want it, but don't want to put any any money in towards their physical development or helping the player perform on game. It's just like throw money at them and wish for the best. Great thinking, clubs. Real smart. Fucking idiots. Matt, it, well, this leads into another question I wanted to bring up is yeah. there's a shitload of people listening at the moment that would be playing football at the moment or, or other yeah. sports, but even parents of people that are playing football. So how do yeah. you balance the the strength side of an AFL player or a football player yeah. and the conditioning side of it? So yeah. a lot of teams now are doing a shitload of running still. Yeah. How do you balance that strength and the running side? Yeah, it's called concurrent training. So you tra- train two different ends of the what we call metabolic um, spectrum, anaerobic and aerobic, right? So they're gonna they're, they're gonna interfere with each other, right? Listen, as an AFL player, you're gonna be able to run. So you have to develop your your, your running capa- your running performance, your running capacity, and your aerobic capacity as well. I understand that. Okay, so there's a skill to it, and then there's some sort of capacity to it as well. So I understand you're a developer, but at the same time, if you're you're gonna think about this, and I told you before, or you know this, strength facilitates endurance, endurance doesn't facilitate strength. Mm. So what a lot of people don't understand is developing strength is actually quite a good thing because it actually will improve your aerobic capacity. You don't and, and, and that's through what we call um, improving running economy and improving time and fatigue. So it's pretty much what we call a neurological mechanism. So your body's becoming more efficient when you run. So you think when you run, every foot strike is and if you're stronger it's a lot easier so it's mm. less stress less force okay because you're used because you're stronger you can apply more force to the ground okay so it, it's it's more efficient up and down the chain and what you should be doing when you're um playing sport or playing football if you're in a uh, what running based sport a field based sport is you shouldn't be doing like obviously you need enough aerobic capacity to recover but in my opinion you just need a you just need enough aerobic capacity what i mean by that is once you've developed in a decent aerobic base, you don't need to go crazy with it. Yeah. You just need enough aerobic base to perform your sport and to recover. Once that happens, you can maintain it. And you can get majority conditioning through training and competition games. Mm, yeah. And we call that um, match conditioning as well. But a lot of these guys, what they do is they just focus too much on what we call LSD, long slow distance running, um, and not enough on counteracting that stuff with enough strength work. Yeah. And how you can do it is... Um, Depending on the week, depending how you'd structure up. With my guys, what they do is, I'll just give you an example. They train Tuesday, Thursday, they lift Monday, Wednesday. Monday's the heavy lift, Wednesday's the light, fast loss, we call dynamic efforts. They train Tuesday, Thursday, game Saturday. And I haven't had an injury in season forever. I think four and a half years. And the other one I got, the only player I had, um, the only guy I had was, um, I won't say his name, but he didn't listen to me and um, he was doing too much. Oh no, he went and played a mixed netball game and didn't warm up properly. And that was the only hamstring I straight I've had in season for four and a half years. So if you do that and structure up, most of these guys just too much volume running. Mm. And they just they break down. So we look at, a, a, a say, a local footy team at the moment. Yep. Most of them start October, November, yep. way too early. Start a well, shit, way too early, yeah, shitload too of running, yep. doing fuck all strength and yeah, but you know, strength you, training. You know the best thing about that starting in October? Here's the thing, right? They'll do a block and then they won't, they're literally, they're, their players will go on break for what, four or five weeks, come back and they've done nothing. Exactly, that's what I mean. So you get to Christmas, have that three, four week break, come back and basically repeat the process. Yep. Not enough strength training, then get to the season. So if you were to take over, this is just a hypothetical and it's yep. an open question, but take yep. over a local footy team, how yep. would you structure their off season? Yeah, I'd just tell, I wouldn't tell them to come back until um, January. I'd just say, listen, fuck, first thing is, 
you, you could come down and what you'd do is you'd more do early on and you might do a four-week block where it's more camaraderie stuff. I have no issue with that. Look, getting the players together, getting to know each other, yeah. maybe some skills, right? You'd hardly, look, you, you're not really going to get much out of them early on because for me, most of them are going to go fucking do fuck all. Um, look, some of them might be on top of it. I'm not saying they're not, but in general, what they'll do is they'll drink a lot. It's fucking Christmas. I understand that to an extent, right? But I bring them back early Jan, right? And then what you do is you, first of all, is you look at them and say, okay, I want to get some sort of, obviously running performance is important, right? So you might have, and if you know anything about, um, and my area isn't really um, conditioning, that's more Jay Ellis's area. So one of my, my two I see here, Jay, he's the, like the king. We've had Jay on before. Yeah yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. just recently about hamstrings. Yeah, it was good. When the hell was that? You didn't tell me that. Mate, you're clearly not subscribed. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> Give yeah, me your Jay phone. Ellis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. Jay didn't tell me that. <laughs> oh, well, great. That's fantastic. He tells me everything. I'm going to ask him. Where was I? How long ago? What, last year? This year? Last year, about... Probably yeah, six months ago. Fantastic. Jay, thanks for telling me. Um, didn't know. I honestly did not know that. So, um, well, Jay, well, what's, what episode? Put in the show notes the episode. So I'm not telling you to do your job. But um, Jay's the king of like um, uh, like um, yeah, GPS and conditioning. So he's better not saying on that. But how I'll do it is conditioning is an easy adaptation. Not a structural adaptation like strength or power. Um, so in terms of what I would do is you might do like a four-week running block integrated with your training. But this is where GPS, you know GPS is fantastic because it quantifies... Your, your, your zones are running, so it gives you an, ob- an objective figure, so a factual figure on your, your, your intensity, how quick you're running at, um, and also the volumes are running. So what I'd do is I'd buy those GPS units, I'd buy every single, G- 44 players GPS, I'll get them pay, the club pay half, the players pay half, because the good thing about these, you can see how much volumes are running each player is doing. So you might do like a, a four week block of running, but within the running, how long look at the running is, you get most of their running conditioning, through training. Training. Everything's through training. That's how I look at it. The rest of it, what I'll be doing is circuit-based lifting as much as possible because most clubs have a shitty gym mm. where you can get some sort of strength stimulus out. And most of these guys don't look properly anyway. So you, you can do anything and you're going to get a, 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 a very powerful strength power stimulus. And that's yeah. what I look at. And then you, how I do my speed base with this is a kicker. All the injury prevention, injury prevention, the best prevention is performance-based program. But the best prevention program, what I'll be doing at the start of training is all the neuromuscular stuff. Jumping, landing, acceleration, deceleration, and change direction. You do it when they're fresh, yep. you hit that in their warm up, so you're not gonna waste time. The warm ups, you do the running base work within the within the session and you hit the skills, two birds, one stone. And then at, and then during the session you'll be doing as well your strength base work as well. Yep. That's how I do it. Yeah, perfect. Because you don't want to waste any time because that's the biggest win that the coaches would have is you're wasting time. So that's how I do it. That's how you do it. So yep. In terms of junior athletes, because yep. I know you do a fair bit of work with junior athletes and yep. even guys that are coming up kind of towards the end of their teenage years and stuff like that, yep. what are some of the staple exercises you get them working on? Because I know you're very big on quality over quantity and yep. sticking to the fundamentals. So what yep. are some of the ones that you would recommend? I'll let you look at, like, I'll be honest, with a junior, right? Their window of improvement is quite large, huge. Mm. So when I say to a lot of the kids, I say, you can look at a weight and get stronger. That's probably true. It's not true, but you know what I'm saying? Like what I'm saying about that is, you could do anything and an athlete, as a junior athlete, can get bigger, stronger, faster. It's fucking easy, right? And especially when they're around the age where they hit test, get puberty, they've got testosterone in their body, they're like a bull, right? Because why I don't understand why they take all these fucking stuff, they don't need it, they're just gonna eat right now, they're gonna get the, 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 and I understand, you know, yeah, you can, you know, weight protein's fine, you know, I've even got my own brand coming out, that's fine, I've got no issue with that stuff, that's all right, but at the same time, you should be getting the majority of your macronutrients through your, through your diet, right, for yeah. fuck's sake, through your diet. 
Um, but in terms of how I look at things with junior junior development, it's nailing my big six. So if you want to look at my big six, go to woodfordshop.com. I look at six movements. So a hinge, a squat, a, lob, a horizontal push, a horizontal pull, vertical push, vertical pull, right? Six core movements, right? And two athletes are strong and efficient on those six movements. Their best games will be getting stronger on those movements. Too many, too many of you guys, especially, look, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys listen to this well. You, find, you guys a lot of focus on too many exercises. If you actually look at my guys when they... Even my top level guys, when they come in and lift, all they'll be doing is they'll be doing some sort of explosive work. Let's say a lower body, lower body strength session, right? They'll do one explosive movement, could be a lift, jump, throw, or sprint. They'll do a lower body push, pull, either a deadlift or a squat. They'll do a supplementary movement, like maybe um, like a, a supplementary movement, like um, um, it's either a single leg movement or, or in between a, a single leg, like a split, a split squat, a step up. Um, it might be a hip thrust, it might be a single leg RDL, something like that. Superset that with the core. So there you've got what? Explosive, lower body push, pull, that's two movements, supplementary core, that's four movements. That's mm. it, go home, that's it. Now you see some programs, I see no structure in it. So if I ask them, where's the structure? No structure. It's like a thousand exercises thrown together. What about in terms of they've got some sets, reps? Yeah, that's fine. Where's the rest periods? No rest periods. What about the tempos? No tempos. Most programs I look at, I could throw in the bin because I don't see any structure. I don't see any understanding of, okay, Explain to me this. Where's your progressions? Where's your regressions? It's kind of like back squat straight away. I'm like, okay, that's great, but this guy's never back squatted before. With a squat, you need good hip and ankle mobility. If this guy's got no hip ankle mobility, it's not going to be a squat. It's mm. going to be pretty much a shit house good morning or then shift forward. What people don't understand is why too many people want to start at the highest progression. They don't want to progress up to it. They don't want to be seen as starting all. Everything's about weight for people, about absolute load, the weight on the bar. No one wants to progress to that point. No one wants to say, why, you know, why can't we just start a bodyweight squat? Why can't they show technique before low bodyweight before external resistance? Why can't they show competency? Because everyone wants to be the big dogs. You know, the, you know, fucking guru, the fucking idiot, you know, in this industry. Oh, fucking, I want to reinvent the fucking wheel. Like, everyone wants to reinvent the fucking wheel. I'm most sitting here just learn how to squat properly. So that's how I look at everything. Now, I honestly look at everything. Oh, my guys will not progress on until they're showing competency with their bodyweight. And they've got to tick every box. That's yeah. it. You know that. You've got to yeah. take your time with it. Don't rush it. You know, don't don't be that hero to rush it. Because trust me, it's only going to create more problems later down the track. That's how I look at everything. You nail six movements. Consistent. That's your core. And then until you get good at those six movements, you're going to do them for the rest of your career. And we might add a little bit more after that, but not many guys fucking can even nail that. Not being serious, man. Yeah. I can't. And so aside from too many exercises, what's the biggest mistake you see people yeah. make when they come to you yep. and they've already been lifting? Go too heavy. Everything's too heavy because that's what they think. They think that's the best. They've been kind of thought, they've been educated to kind of like just lift heavier. That's their thing because they don't know any different. Yeah. I don't, don't blame them. It's kind of like all they th- they don't think about speed on the bar. They yeah. no one ever thinks it's about speed. Now here's the thing these days is the best way. I say technique first, um, speed second, low last. That's what I look at it because if you look at the equation force equals um, uh, force equals mass times velocity. If you look at um, so yeah, uh, force equals mass times velocity. What is that? Is that that's force equation? That's what's the plot here? You good? Just slow down, bro. You good? Force equals mass times acceleration. What's the plot here? Velocity, same thing. Yeah, I thought, yeah. Um, see, that got to write down. Force equals mass times acceleration. So if you look at this equation here, Danny, right? You can maximize force two ways. You can either lift heavy with the mass or accelerate the bar quicker. Acceleration actually can improve force output. People don't know that, right? And if you look at what's coming out these days, is is like the the. It used to be you could only get a tendo, which costs a lot of money. But like you've got like something like the, the push band these days, they measure bar speed. So um, you can actually measure, by the way, everyone out there, you can actually measure two ways. You can actually velocity or power, which is done in watts, right? So these these are these are great tools the coach or the trainer can now use to actually quantify bar speed. 
So the athlete is getting quantitative objective feedback. Now, yeah. as an athlete, athletes are very competitive. So being competitive, they always want to lift a faster number. They want to be the fastest. They want to lift heaviest. So these days, how I look at everything is just getting them to move the um, the weight quicker. Mm. Instead of just putting weight on the bar. And that's the big issue I see. It's just too much heavy weight on the bar. And that was probably one of the biggest things that I took away from when, when we started working together is, yeah. is the actual bar speed on pretty much everything. Intent. And then also just the quality. I thought I, When I came to you, I genuinely thought I was doing everything as perfect as I possibly could yeah. until we really... You're way off it. Really not. <laughs> You're way off it. But hey, that's all right, mate, mate. It took me years to understand as well. I was like, fuck, I, I used to... Yeah, then I went to kind of like... I looked at myself and said, shit, you know, I just want to become the guy who just nails the basics. I want to be, you know, that, you know, that guy. You know, that, it, man, in my career, I just want to be known as a, as a guy who really helped the industry develop, um, uh, the guy who really made an impact on the industry and helped the, helped the industry grow so I left him in a better state and the guy who just... As a known as a coach, a coach who... Now the fundamentals and master the basics time after time and show people that you don't have to be sexy to, to, to be successful in this industry. So everyone that knows you and those that have listened to the podcast even for the last 23 minutes would, would have a fair guess that you're very passionate about what you do. So what, yeah. what drives that passion? <laughs> I think that for me, I just I played football and cricket my whole life growing up. And um, I think when I was younger, I've always had drive like in me like to... to if I'm ever going to do anything, I never want to be second. I can't be second at it. And you know what? If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it 100%. I'm not one of those guys who are half at it. And growing up, you always see guys playing football or cricket. They always, like, I was never the best man, but I always give, like, I, I drew everything out of my ability, right? But then I'd see, like, guys who are really good naturally, never put in effort. Hmm. And I only look at those guys and be like, oh, fuck, man, like, these guys are good, talented, but they're never, given, they're never going to maximize their talent because they don't work hard enough. Now, if you look at my career, there's guys who are a lot smarter than me, guys who are a lot more educated than me, um, but guys who won't reach one-tenth of my success is because they're just not, they're not hungry enough, they're not willing to put in the work like I am. Like, for me, with, with this career, my passion, it's just kind of, I love this so much. Like, this is something I love to my bones. It's something I want to change. Like, I guess I, I, I'm driven a lot by um, other pe- like helping other people out. Like, I'm driven by developing the industry. That's what I'm really, real passionate about. And I'm just passionate about Develop helping as many athletes as possible maximize the potential because there have been too many athletes and I, I and I talk about my experience even though I wasn't a high level athlete but I used to always strain my hamstring I guess going through man like and then doing a traditional physio based rehab you know I'd keep doing it keep doing it and then kind of that kind of you know I think that helped me be like fuck you know I really want to help as many athletes as I can because I saw what the issues I had with um, mid 10 stage rehab it kind of was not existent you do a physio rehab and you come back you do it again I guess that was my big thing. Um, and then I think the change for me was going to states, seeing what they did and going, fuck, we're so off the ball here. We mm. need someone pushing this. Um, it just so happens I have the personality to go do it. And by the way, back then, I didn't really have the confidence in myself. And then coming back and just going, fuck this, man, I'm going to go after it. And um, if you don't like me, you don't like me. If you like me, you like me, cool, whatever. And I just came back and did it. I just don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me. I took me to 25 and I just cock off. That's honestly believe I cock off because I just don't care. Because I'm willing to... And then someone said to me perfectly, he says... You're living case, that, and they said to me, they don't agree with um, everything I do, but they respect me because you're willing to be hated to get your message across, and I am, I'm willing to be hated. I actually like being hated. I told you, Alex knows this, I get more fight. And Joe said on his podcast, he's a guy who gets more fired up when he say he can't do it. Yeah. People still haven't worked me out. If you shut your mouth, people, when people come after me, I don't think people understand, you fire me up. Mm. It just makes me go tenfold. Like that, no, you've just fired me up. Like I've gone tenfold. 
I, that not me getting that note was the best thing ever because kicking out the half going, I'm still, I love it. Let's do this. I haven't had anyone question me for years. Now I've got it again. I love it. I just love it. It's that great. just fires me up. And just, if you're out there, if you want to question me, I do it. But have balls and call me out if you're an account. Don't hype your no names. Stop doing it. Be a fucking man. See how I do things? I call people out and tag them. That's what I respect about me. Guys, respect I'm willing to do it. Don't hype that people, Too many people make fake accounts. Pathetic. Anyway, it's, it's life. I was listening to um, Rich Roll's podcast this morning with David Goggins. Have you listened Goggins, to David yes. Goggins? Yes, yeah, yeah, David Goggins. Absolute yeah. weapon. He, he nailed it. He said, you know, if people aren't questioning what you're doing and you're not fucking doing something right. Yeah, 100%. I've been copying that my whole career. I love it. But, but I knew I was successful when I knew I was successful in my first year when I copped it from everyone. I'm like, everyone's talking about me. I love it. I don't know, in my head, I loved it. Most people would hate it. I was loving it. I loved it. I love the notoriety of it. I love when people question me, saying Woodford's no good because it just spurs me. It just gives me another look. What do you think What do you think is the biggest problem with the industry at the moment? Not even just strength and conditioning and, yeah, and working with general, athletes, but in general. general. No, 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 um, no accountability. None. No, there's no accountability. And like you mentioned before, obviously, some of the um, accounts that you call out on Instagram and stuff like that. So yeah. what? how does that all tie into it? What? No, no accountability. accountability. They just say the fuck they want. There's no accountability. No one's going to hold you to it. No, no, no. There's no legislation on it. That's the issue. For anything you happen, got to be legislation. And it won't happen. Unless I can get to the, the health minister, which would be good. <laughs> would be good out if I can fill me with the health minister. That's when you know you're making waves. That's when you know, oh, you know, and people say to me, Woodford, you won't do shit. You won't get hey, The minute you say that, we'll see what happens. Do you, don't think, you don't think I've got plans ahead? I've planned everything ahead into my own mind. I'm a big arm. Law, law of attraction guy I manifest everything I've manifested everything in my head, in my head already mm. you might not believe and I think actually you because you've met me before but I've manifested everything I've wanted to do in my whole life everything honestly the last six years I've actually dreamt it before it's happened it's fucked it's so crazy when you, the mind believes and you can do it I dreamt of everything I've done I've dreamt of Australian tours international tours going to Joe Franco, being on Joe Franco's show having a pro jersey around the world training pro athletes becoming that guy I dreamt it Six years I dreamt the whole thing. And you might not believe me, but it fucking happened. The mind's a powerful thing. And um, I'm dreaming at the moment of a lot of powerful things at the moment's going to happen. So I've just got to go work my ass off to happen. But it's going to happen. And uh, I believe that I can change this industry with under 10. I mean, within 10 years, I can do it. I've got four more years. I've done a lot in six years. Give me four more years without having a crack. If I can stay alive, let's hope that's the hardest part. Just keep me alive, I'll be fine. <laughs> if I can just keep my head, I just need, you know, if I can just keep my head straight for a while, I'll be sweet. It's going okay, Danny, I'm alive, so it's fine. I ain't dead, as I always say to my mum. I'm not dead yet. I'm just enjoying life. This is a good start. That's a good start. What? So for a junior, I want to go back to juniors again. Or actually, this is not even doesn't just apply to juniors, but uh, to anyone that's listening that is looking to program their strength training and actually get something out of it. Yeah. I know we could talk about this for a whole episode, but what's a basic rundown of how they should periodize their training instead of just going in and doing three sets of ten every time and trying to get stronger? For, yeah, I think. Um, listen, with the junior athlete, once again. I keep bringing this back down, but with a junior athlete, you need to understand that their window of improvement is quite large. If everyone understands, I want you to go back to your genetics, right? So your mother and father fornicate, and for anyone that don't know what fornicate is, um, Brett Cranage, you probably don't understand what fornication is, champ, because I don't think you've ever done it before. Um, but fornication means sex. Your mother and father have sex, right? So G would and A would, oh, yuck, they made C would, right? They make you, right? And they're going to splash their genetics, right? Their fiber makeup, have a funny MIA. Danny, well, what an episode this is going to be. Danny, you're probably going to cop it a little bit as well. Probably from, but not saying anything bad about women or feminists because feminists don't like me either for anyone out there. So I've got to shut up about that as well. So they fornicate and they make you, right? They make, you know, the best, they made me. So out of anyone, you might be thinking of their shit. You are the best out of all the, out of all the, you are the best. Yes, I know. 
Um, and you get a spice there, genetic makeup, right? So fast switch, slow switch, dominant. Get, um, and this is going something, by the way. You <laughs> might not think that. Um, and they get a spice of genetic makeup. And what that means, friend, out there is it's your parents dictate your fibre type composition. Are you fu- predominantly fast switch or slow switch dominant, right? Now, here's the kick of everyone out there, right? When you're younger, you have interchangeable fibres. Depending on how you train will dictate how they adapt, right? Now, let's say you train more of an endurance athlete. Well, those interchangeable fibres are going to change to slow twitch characteristics. Now, you train properly and proper in terms of neuromuscular development, in terms of strength, power, speed, and you do that spice with endurance training as well. Well, those fast, those, those interchangeable fibres will change to fast twitch characteristics. Okay, so now, when we're footballers, how do we train, Danny? When we were younger, how did we train as footballers? Slow. Slow twitch. So how do you think, what do you think happened with me? I was doomed to fail. Now, some guys, some athletes, are just freak athletes who genetically, they can train anything they want. They can train like an endurance athlete, and yeah, they might get a little bit slower, but they were always meant to be a fast switch athlete. Yeah. Do you see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So with the junior athlete, what a lot of people got to understand is, if you're training like consistent aerobic endurance, like an endurance runner, what do you think's gonna happen? You're just gonna get slower. Okay, it took me till I was 22, 23, it was too late by then because uh, the, the, the central nervous system fully matures at 25 years old. Now, it could be wrong, 24 to 25, I could be wrong. Sorry, sorry, Al, my, um, uh, my um, program advisor, my lecturer back at uni, um, who was a neuroscientist, I think it was 24, 25, I could be wrong, but around there. That's when it's fully developed. So I'm stuck, I'm gone now, mate. I've, I've fully developed it, it's, it's done. But when you're a junior athlete, it's so critical to develop these basic motor patterns. I look at strength training for the junior athlete as coordination training. That's all it is. Developing the nervous system's ability to activate, activate agonists, deactivate antagonists. For everyone out there, that's prime movers and um, the opposite of prime movers. So example, if you do like a, um, a bench press, right? Agonist is the, um, the pecs, anterior delt, antagonist is uh, lower trap rhomboids. Okay, you guys get the point, right? So it's training properly, really. It's getting them to develop basic movement competencies and, and coordination training. That's important. So how I look at it with them is, just nailing the basics. Basic body weight exercises, body weight squat, lunge, um, uh, bridge, chin up, push up, all these movements, supine row, stuff like that. Nothing fancy, keep it simple, don't be the hero. Don't tell me your son's squatting with bands and chains at 13, I don't give a fuck, you're an idiot. <laughs> Fucking moron. If someone, someone's in their mid-20s and they're in the off-season at the moment, or let's say a couple months ago, in the off-season, yep. and they're, they're, strength, they're strength training and they want to get something out of it, though. How would, how would you progress there? You wear open, very, very wide-open questions that depends. But you can, it does depend, you I need know. some context this. But um, how long have you a 20-year-old? Once again, it come, everything... Cut, cut right back, all right? Let's say a squat, right? Yeah. I want to improve my squat. I want to improve my 1RM yeah. over a few months. How would you progress it in terms of reps, sets, and everything? Oh, okay, you want to know that. Okay, so, first of all, and once again, it, this is, this is <laughs> so... so well, I can't really give you a definitive answer because you understand this, right? Everything is dictated by the athlete's genetics, but the genes play a pure role. Because yeah. some, some guys, you can give them a lot of load quickly and they adapt. Some guys are just fucked, right? Yeah. So it depends, on, it depends on the individual, individual differences, but also um, depends on their training age. So the training age dictates everything, okay? So if you're an athlete, right, who is just genetically meant to be strong, like a, a Borzillo, a Jeremy Borzillo, a brick, one of my guys, Look at his levers. He's got short, stocky levers. The goal is meant to lift weights, if anything. Then you look at a guy like Brett Cranage, skinny, ugly, more of an endurance guy. He's meant to. He's not meant to lift. So it really depends on their genetics. But let's say you get a guy who, who wants to improve their squat. They want to get stronger. Um, first of all, you'd start like um, you'd start with what we call um, if that. Let's say they've never squatted before, right? You start with the skill acquisition block, okay? Because the the body goes through three adaptations. 
Neural muscular monolingual skill acquisition. The first four to six weeks of an individual undertaking a strength training program gains a neurological in nature. What, what that means is, and apparently, I, apparently um, that's been blown out of the water because there is some sort of muscular adaptation after the first four, um, in the first four weeks, but I don't know, but I'm gonna go by what my research, what we looked at as well. Um, the first four weeks is more what we call skill acquisition. So the nervous system becomes more efficient at activating, agon, activating agonists, deactivating agon, antagonists, activating uh, synergist and stabilizers during that specific skill. Remember, strength training is a motor skill. Motor skill. meaning the prefix, movement skill meaning skill. Um, so it's a skill, okay? So IE, to get better at it, you have to do it. If you're not doing it, it's like anything. You can't, as a football player, you're not gonna go back to pre-season training and start going at the highest intensity, are you? It makes no. no fucking sense. Then why in the gym do we flog them from day one? Why in the gym do we give them the first progression, the, the least, the hardest progression? Why, why? Because no one understands it. Because no one knows that strength training is a motor skill. No one looks at it like that. So that's how I look at it. I break it down and progress it. So for me, the first thing you want to do when you want to improve your squat is you'll start them off with just learning the position of the squat, learning, breaking down the squat, learning how to move more effectively with the squat. After they've done that, after four to six, depending if they're a motor genius or a motor moron, what, that, what I mean by that is some guys are motor morons, like a Brett Cranich. Some guys like me, motor, motor geniuses. They can pick up the skill quickly. Poor Brett, poor Brett Cranich is copying. So anyway, out there, Brett Cranish is a performance coach at Woodford. He's a good man. I'm just giving him shit. He wants to know, I think you want to know that the sets, reps... I'm giving it. Hold on. You know how you do 4 by 6 4 by 5 Hold on. I'm getting there. It's a long-winded way. I apologize to Brett. I came into work yesterday, and I've never copped more abuse from one staff member than Brett. So, Brett, you're going to cop my wrath here. Mate, I copped it for nine and a half hours about my head, my ankles, and everything. And I still, I went to bed... And I thought about it. I said, oh, I'm going to give it to him. Oh, he's going to cop it when he comes in. So, Brett, sorry, mate, you're going to cop my wrath. Shit timing for Brett. Well, Brett, unfortunately, mate, I don't cop that either, especially from Brett, a guy like Brett. He just, mate, and he lumps shit on me. I'm What's telling you not now. Like? What? What's his rig like? Frumpy. He has the worst rig I've ever seen. Um, Frumpy. He's just a Frumpy. slow slow twitch dominant. Dumpy. What? Dumpy. I don't know, Frumpy. What do you call it? Dumpy. Dumpy. <laughs> Yeah, so then what I'll do is I'll do what we call an accumulation volume block, which is there's two factors to force output, i.e. strength, right? One, the, um, the volume muscles, the cross-section area, i.e. a bigger muscle, potentially a stronger, more powerful muscle. And number two, the extent which the nervous system can activate it. So what I look at is an accumulation block. With an accumulation block, we're looking at high sets, high reps, right? Traditional strength training, right? So how I look at it is go, I'd go, um, <laughs> fuck, I could go through every single block for you, but I'll just go through the one block in my head because right now I'm thinking about 10 things, but I'd go, this is a normal block if they're doing a volume block. I'd go five sets of 10 week one, five sets of 10 week two, six sets of eight week three, which is increase intensity, drop the volume. So what I mean by that is you increase the weight, drop the volume, um, which is the, the reps. So I've gone five sets of 10 week one, week two, I've gone five sets, of, week two, I've gone five sets of 10 again. But with that, what I've done is I've tried to increase the weight slightly. When you increase the load, don't go any heavier than 2.5 to 5 kilos. No heavier than that. You can go a little bit lighter as well if you wanted to, 1.25. But don't go heavier than 5 kilos. All right? Week three, six sets of eight. We increase the weight again. Week four is a deload week. We go two sets of 10. The reason why I deload, we deload two ways. We deload volume and intensity. The reason why, if we had a like a tender on the bar and we were lifting five sets of 10, right and week one they lifted say 500 watts which is power week four i want them lifting they're lifting two sets of 10 at the same weight they should be lifting two sets of 10 with a let's say they did 500 week one at let's say 80 kilos on the squat they're doing 80 kilos again week four they should be lifting at 600 watts 100 yeah. watts quicker so that means they've improved their power adaptation which is so critical for athletes okay so 
that's how I look at it in terms of rest periods is under two minutes. The reason two minutes, we know there's three factors to muscular hypertrophy. Um, uh, mechanical, ten- mechanical tension, metabolic stress, muscle damage. Look, I could go into, look, I could go into more detail with this stuff, but I, it's going to keep this under an hour and a half. But um, how, how we look at it, and just to let everyone know, um, with muscle hypertrophy, Danny will tell you, if you don't, you're going to not going to grow. So yeah, some of my shit. boys are fucked. <laughs> like the young kids, they're so, I tell them, boys, they're skinny as shit. And they're like, oh, we'll, we'll put away. I'm like, yeah, you don't eat enough. You're going to eat, <laughs> like, buddy. Just, just do this and eat. Like, I send them off these days. You know what I do to them? If they don't eat, like I just say to them, literally, just, they go to be wood. Because they, they care. <laughs> young kids, they're great. And I, I was probably not in the side. They just don't, they love the ads. It's cool, right? Yeah. They're like, don't worry about that. Probably just got to eat, man. They're like, oh, wood, I want to eat healthy. Because they, they don't understand eating. Because yeah. they, they hear shit. But you know, um, Diet, diet nutrition is something like one dude will say this. They don't know, man. They're yeah. all confused. And like, well, I've heard this Along with half the people that are listening to Well, yeah, well, no, yeah. it's true. It's yeah. true, like everyone. But it's funny. My kids are so funny because they're just like, they're like, would, should I eat this? It's, it's good, yeah? And I'm like, yeah, just eat it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to eat it. Like, oh, but you talk, you don't just eat it. And they listen because they're such good kids. I'm like, just eat it. Like, I'll be like, just eat it. I just make a beat. That's all I say. I say, you lift and yeah, you eat. eat. Yeah. And then, I'll be honest, I even go with them now. What I do with them, I'll go eat with them just because yeah. they will not eat. And, I, and I'll add to that. Like, obviously, there's some cases where younger people are on the heavier side, but for most younger people, nah, yeah, you yeah. need to be eating and yeah. progressively getting stronger yeah. to build muscle. You should not be worried yeah. about getting shredded and, yeah. and abs out of fucking when yeah. you're 14 nah, or 15 nah, years that, old. Mate, and no one cares about the skinny guy with abs anyway, for fuck's sake. It's like, I said to one of my boys, mate, do you, I said to him, what do you want? Do you want to be an AFL footballer or do you want to be some runway model who's skinny as shit? He goes, well, what do you think? I want to be dickhead. I want to be a fucking AFL footballer. I'll fucking go eat then. He goes, all right, all right, fair enough. <laughs> and that's, that, the thing is, that it, I keep saying to him, Food is performance for fuel for, yeah. for performance of football. Yeah, they still they're getting their head around it. It might take them a year with me, two years. On that third year, they start going, "Oh shit, maybe it makes sense." Because they put on a bit of weight. Yeah, but they put on when I say weight, they put on muscle on the areas, the posterior chain. They're stronger, they're bigger, they're faster. And all of a sudden, everyone's going, "You look real good." Yeah. Oh, would you? Were right. Oh, no shit, dickhead. No <laughs> shit. And they all they all come around. It takes a while. So. Once again, we're in accumulation block. The goal of accumulation is volume. We know volume builds muscle, okay? But then once again, there's another added benefit you need to eat. When it comes to eating, we need, and this is quickly for everyone, carbohydrate. Carbohydrate is broken down um, a glucose in the bloodstream, storing as glycogen in the muscle and liver. Insulin is the most powerful anabolic hormone in the body. People don't understand. When I say anabolic, is build up, right? That is the most powerful anabolic hormone, right? You need carbohydrate. Carbohydrate is your friend for recovery and performance. You need it. It's not bad. Eat, carbohy- eat carbohydrates, all right? To, uh, especially after training, post-training. You need to fucking grow. The second thing, eat, a carbohy- uh, eat carbohydrates with protein. What's the importance of protein, you might ask? Protein is for muscle growth. It is the... It is the the foundations of muscle growth. You need protein to grow. If you have both of them in a shake, why did I say shake? Liquid, rapidly absorbing the bloodstream, quicker to break down, important to have a shake afterwards. There's no such thing as an anabolic window. Whoever made that is bullshit. Okay, don't worry about it. You can have it two hours afterwards. Don't worry. Just make sure you get it in. Liquid's important. Carbohydrate, protein. And that'd be accumulation block. After accumulation block, I told you there's two factors to force output. The size and muscle extent which nervous system we activate. So the nervous system factor is one of the biggest. The reason why I know it because I did neuro in my honours. Um, and what I do is what we call intensification. But what I mean by intensification is we've increased the intensity. So we increase the weight. And what, what I look at is I'll do something like a my first block of strength block would be a 3-6, week one, 3-4, week two, 3-2, week three. 
two six week um, four, which is deload back to week one weight. Um, and I'll look at lifting heavier weight, longer recovery because it's heavy weight into a former set, anywhere between three to four minutes recovery between sets. And that's really developing the nervous system's ability, what we call to improve intra and intermuscular intermuscular coordination. So increasing what we call motor unit recruitment, which is maximizing during the skill. So we're gonna be able to pretty much increase more force to lift more weight during the squat. And that's how I look at it over improving the squat. That's a long-winded way of saying that. I could go on forever about that. That's like, you know. No, that's good. I think think people get a lot out of that. That's a lot of information. It is. By the way, just anyone know, if you don't understand it, you better, if you don't understand, that took me about... Oh, well, I've been gone 13. That's 13 years of my knowledge. Yeah. It's just, and me, and I'll be honest, I could go deeper into that stuff as well. But then say that though, we're going down a rabbit hole because I could talk all day about this shit. This is my life, so. Mate, another question that, that come up, because I put a thing on my Where Instagram. Where stupid questions? There were some fucking stupid ones. Can we go through the stupid I've got, ones? I've got the main one Can that I want to... Can we go through the stupid ones at the end? I've got the main one that I want to get out of the way. We'll save that to the end. But the last serious question here is what is it, what is the difference, if any, between strength training for an endurance athlete and a power athlete? Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, okay. Um, this is a good one. Um, listen, fuck all, nothing. Um, I'm sick of people saying this as well. Um, I had an endurance runner, right? And fucking he was saying to me, should I do high reps? And I said, why? And he said, well, my sport is... is um, uh, consistent force or repeated force production, right? So at a low intensity. So I want to be um, what we call, uh, what do I call, um, fucking, uh, I've lost the plot here in this, in this podcast. No, it's re- repeat effort force. So at a low intensity. So no, it's not because strength, we know maximal strength is the foundation for everything. Power, speed, even endurance, as I said before. Now, after you've developed a period of maximal strength, now, maximum strength, the maximum force you can produce. Once you've once you develop that and laid a foundation, then if you wanted to, you could do some sort of strength. So he's talking about strength endurance work, right? We're not talking about strength endurance work. We're talking about high reps. Um, so very high reps, high volume, minimal rest periods, right? So that's more repeated force work. So um, you need a ba- you need a base of maximal strength. When I say maximal strength, you want to aim and aim to be minimum one point five times body weight squat deadlift. That's the aim. Once you're that. Then you can do your what we call strength endurance work, which is more specific. But you need a, need a base of strength first. Once you've got the base, then you can do all the other stuff later. And then you've got to maintain that base as well. You've got to, it's critical. Once, you have, once you've got that strength base, you have to maintain your maximal strength, and then you can do all the other work as well. So if you want to focus more on speed or power, that's fine, as long as you're maintaining some sort of maximal strength base, because that facilitates everything. Power, speed, endurance, Everything. And I reckon that's one of the biggest problems with a lot of the amateur football and, and basketball is as soon as it gets to the season, yeah. they change oh, the way they're training fuck and they fuck up. Yeah, stupid. Very stupid. You've got to... I can't understand why people don't... Wait. It's like almost like this thing where they're, they're so dumb, they don't listen to anyone else. It's almost like, all right, yeah, don't listen to the professional who knows what he's talking about. You guys just keep doing what you're mm-hmm. doing. Let injuries occur, that's fine. Yeah. Where they, they, dude, they train all the way up to, to, to literally round one, they stop. Yeah. Use, uh, it or, use it or lose it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sitting there going, all right, good luck, have fun. These days I couldn't give a fuck if they do it. I just laugh at them, you fucking idiots. Actually, I'm getting approached now by a lot of teams, but in my, my, my main rule is this, you have to invest, and you're going to invest quite well with me. Because mm. my thing is, Danny, when they, like you, you came here, and I told you, if you invest here, what you're committed, aren't you? Yeah. You're getting for, like, they don't want me to go for free. They don't, they're not like that, but yeah. they, they, they you know, you know, with this, they, they, it's almost like, we want him to come almost to get buy from the players, but we don't want to. We want to pay him, but it's almost like a, a little bit of money. And I'm like, ah, no, no, no. You pay, you pay good. Because for me, coming there, I give you more than that. It's not just about sets and reps. Yeah. They, that's what they think. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm teaching life skills as well. That they can carry on about commitment and honesty and loyalty. I'm just, I'm teaching them all of it. 
You know, you don't just get fucking, people think our job is just sets and reps. Huh? That's 50% of it. The other 50% is, is relations, communication, buying. Mm, yeah. You can't, it can't be taught in a fucking textbook. All these kids come through. It's like, they're like fucking all, all this knowledge. And it's like, well, you don't give a, you don't understand. It's like, you think the athlete's going to give a fuck if you don't, they don't care. They only care until they, until they realize how much you give a fuck in your relationships. Anyway, I could go on for years about that as well. We're going to wrap this bad boy up with, no! uh, with, with one, of the, uh, one of the questions that I got asked. So the question was, ask Woody what his view is on altitude masks. I want to hear him tee off. <laughs> oh, mate, fuck. I can't be bothered really. I've done this. Uh, listen, <laughs> altitude masks. So have anyone seen those masks where they, you look like Bane? And people used to always say they, they mimic altitude. Okay, I'm gonna put it to you. If you thought that, right? If you if if you really thought that, right? And I'm gonna be honest with you right now. If you thought those masks mimic altitude, this is what I want you to do, right? Get in your car, right? Just if you think about this, right? Get in your car, right? And drive as hard as you can into a tree, right? Because that's your fucking level of IQ, right? If you're that fucking dumb to think a fight like a fifty cent. 50 cent plastic piece can mimic something that would cost fucking millions of dollars to mimic altitude. You're a fucking idiot. That's how dumb you are. Have some fucking common sense. You fucking more People that are dumb, man, don't want to believe anything. You guys are fucking... Not you guys, because you are smart listening, but there's people who are dumb. But oi, if you... Oi, hold on. If you bought a power band, do the same thing. Honestly, do it. And you might be saying he's an arsehole. No, I'm not. Because I, I believe... This is what I believe in life. We're doing our rabbit hole here. But it's called, what's that called? Um, natural selection. Natural selection is the most beautiful thing in life. Trust me, I've seen it before. Fucking ridiculous. There's so many people who want to believe in, like, I'll give you an example. People want to believe in a magic board, right? I'll give you an example. People just want to believe in, in, in like, the, in like uh, Santa Claus still or the Easter Bunny. People just still want to believe that there's still a magic answer out there for success or anything in life. Let me tell you something about my life as well. Mate, there are so many ups and downs. I've failed more times than anyone on anyone listening to this, but my ability to get up and go again makes me successful. So you can learn anything from me. You can just be yourself. You literally can just honestly have passion and show it. Show it. Like oh, for me, it's always like when I when I came when I first started Woodford, I felt like no, no one was being real. Everyone was like hiding who they were. It was like almost like a facade. No one was showing their real self. It's like fucking. I'm just gonna show everyone my real self. This is who I am. And people come out. Some people come out still who don't even know me and call me a bad person. It's like. Just because I act a certain way and I'm, I have a personality makes me a bad person. Fuck me. All right, if that makes me a bad person, okay. It's not my fault you fucking like to sit indoors and fucking not go out. I'll, I'll fucking tell people, I like partying, I like going out, I have fun, that's how I am. But I'm a good person, I love what I do, I'm passionate, I get fired up. And fuck, if I don't, you know, if a lot of people want to project their own insecurities on people because they're not living their dreams, they have to, let's call top tall poppy syndrome. They want to belittle me to make themselves feel better because I'm out there doing what I love and they're hating their life. And that's what life's about, going out there, living good. Everyone has one life. Go out and live it and don't fucking hate on it. Don't, don't hate on other people's life because you're too scared to go out and live it. Just fucking do it. Do it for yourself because you've got one life. Woody, you're a legend, mate. Thanks, mate. Appreciate, Appreciate you coming it. on the show today. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Appreciate Guys, it. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. It's been a fucking ripper. Um, I'm sweating like fucking animal. <laughs> you sweating? Fuck. If you guys have enjoyed it, which I know a lot of you will have, please do take a screenshot of today's episode. Tag myself. Tag Christian. I'll oh, make ta- sure. Oh, 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 oh. Tag me, Coach Woodford and Woodford SSC, because seriously, I want to I want, I want to see... I'm to get to that, but you, you're right. You, you go, you uh, go I've done it. this before. I've done it a few times. So, yeah, you know, Coach Woodford, Woodford SSC, get around us, because I'll tell you what, we are doing big things. Danny, you're doing some good things, mate. Good to see you as well. I can't believe JLS was on the show. What a shit bloke. <laughs> 
when the fuck did you get him on that? Jay, Jay's my two IC. He, he, I love him, but I don't love him anymore. You did. Past tense. Yeah, I didn't. Past tense. Daddy, you're very good. Yes, I did. All right, guys. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Looking forward to coming back to you next week with another episode. But like I said, make sure you take a screenshot, post it up on your Instagram story, tag us both. We'd love to hear the feedback from today's episode. Catch you guys later.